Here's Reinman in the Morning, on demand from 1021 and 105.3 The Shark. Remember how Conan used to hang out with Mr. T on his show and you said this should not work out, but for some reason it did? Well, that's kind of how I felt while I was talking to Brett Michaels. He's coming through New Hampshire. He's bringing a big tour up to the, uh, the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford. It's the Party Gras Tour 2023. And as it turns out, we got along great. In fact, we have something in common. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with the one and only Brett Michaels. Please welcome to Reinman in the Morning, the one and only Brett Michaels. How's it going, Brett? I am doing awesome, man. How are you doing, my friend? And I just want to say, as I say good morning, I also want to wish you an incredible happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you, your family, and listeners. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. And I was going to ask, how's your holiday season going so far? It has been incredible. I'm I'm not lying to you. I got to enjoy it all uh, with my family and everybody over Thanksgiving, and we've been out on the road touring. Of all things, I'm getting ready to do a big charitable event this weekend with Pitbull and Flo Rida. So we're all going to be together jamming. And when I say party grawl, I cannot tell you the amount of great people I've got to perform with or share the stage with Mm -hmm. uh, on every aspect. You know, one night it's Jimmy Page and Jimmy Buffett, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm with uh, you know, just hanging with friends from Saliva, Josie, and it's just so many different artists throughout my career. And that's what this Party Gras, Mardi Gras was based on, having a good time playing music and everyone just coming together for a night of all killer hits. We're so happy to have you coming to New Hampshire. What are some of your favorite memories of uh, playing here in New England? I-, I can give you a thousand of them. Uh, first of all, let's start just this last summer. Uh, you know, the positive energy, the raw hits, uh, being out with, with Poison and singing all those hits. Two nights at Fenway, that was incredible. Yeah. One of my very best friends from life, right, for life, uh, lives in Boston, right, in the Boston area. Yep. Uh, but in New England. And he, I just want to say this, I cannot explain to you, because I always bring my mountain bikes, my dirt bikes, everything with me and we have an incredible time but my best buddy was a drummer and we used to be in my water soaked uh sump pump backed up basement playing music (laughs) and i'm as passionate about playing it today as i was then and some of the best memories i have honest to god is partying with the fans having a great time when i was just up there with you before the pandemic hit we were up there with poison and it was such an incredible show I spent a day out hanging with fans, getting to meet people. And that's what this party girl is based on. It's yeah. based on them from the moment they get there. We've got great music playing. We treat people great. We see them. A lot of beads and bandanas going out to everybody. <laughs> yep. And I'm not kidding you. We, we have a contest, a dress like Brett karaoke contest, where they get to literally oh, in the wow. pavilion. One of them will be chosen to come up and sing. Wow. We've got the Brady bucket, which is like this old Nerf basketball hoop. Yep. And we, I, if you ever watch my shows like Rock My RV, I'm fairly yeah. mechanically inclined. <laughs> yep. I built the Tiki Hut golf cart. So we're whooping around the parking lot. People that were like, hit it, and we throw them the ball. If they can hit it, they get two backstage passes. It's it That's awesome. It's great. Well, you know, you brought up a good point because you have this infectious energy, and just it's all about partying and having a good time. But you also mentioned 
the pandemic. So we all had to stay inside and everything. Was there anything new? Did you take on any new hobbies? What does Brett Michaels do? And it's like, you can't go out and party and have a good time. You got to find a way to make your own fun and get through it, you know? All right. So here it is. As a, as a father of two kids, mm-hmm. knowing we were dealing with this, I have a, my main property is a ranch. So on the ranch, here's the blessing with or without the pandemic. I'm an outdoors guy. Yeah. So we've got a, a motocross track. We've got go-karts. We have all this stuff. Basically, what I did is I, I when, when it first hit and we all didn't know what was going on, I said, "We're uh, here's always been my mentality as a type one diabetic, right?" Yeah. I said, "We've got to adapt. We have to figure out how to stay healthy, but adapt." And I said, "We're going to take the attitude of victorious, not victim." In other words, mm. I always kept the hope that we're getting through this. That wow. there was never a thought where I thought we're not going to get through this. And I know this. It, it was. What happened during the pandemic is horrific, right? Yeah. And we're all starting to come out of that. And But I always kept hope that that's what would happen. But keeping busy, you're going to laugh. I did a lot of virtual, like a lot of virtual concerts, full concerts yeah. in my studio. Like oh, wow. I mean, people would tune in and there would be a concert. Then I would, you're going to laugh. I painted, don't laugh when I say this, I painted, repainted my entire like sport court. Don't ask why. I just went down. I said, you know what? I'm, I just threw a bucket of paint. I said, this thing needs done. I started That's awesome. painting stuff. <laughs> so, Brett Michaels. I don't know why. I just start, the, the kids are like, Dad, you're painting furniture. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just keeping busy, man. I'm going to keep the mind percolating. Yeah, absolutely. We just got to run ads for your painting company <laughs> whenever you're ready. Yes. Well, I'm not good at it, but it was fun. Yeah. One thing I know about you, and this comes up every year, you and I were birthday twins. We have a March 15th birthday. And so are you the like... Ides of March. That's what I was going to ask. Do people come up to... Every time you say your birthday, they go, and how, what do, how do you respond to that? And I mean, it, to me, all my life, oh, the Ides of March. What do you say to them? Uh, you know what I say? Uh, every time I hear this, I switch to a different thing. Are you ready for this? Yeah. We were also born on a day called the Heights. Right. Mm, okay. So I know Ides of March for, you know, those curious is a too brutish. You know, is the, yep. you got stabbed in the back. Caesar stabbed in the back by his best friend. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that was a thing called the Heights. We're born on one of the only days. Ready. One of the only days driven to succeed. So oh. Pisces, by and large, are creative. Like we're creative, but kind of really, you know, a lot of my friends in March born Pisces or late February are laid back. They're creative, but don't have the drive to see it through. Mm-hmm. It's, we possess this thing called the Heights to drive us through. And Mark McGrath's born on the same day. Oh, I'm yeah. not completely mistaken. B. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Oh, wow. Uh, if you're, I'm from Pittsburgh. So Mike Tomlin, okay. the, the, the coach of holding one of the most winning records coach. And we're going to get there this year. Yeah. But it's the, uh, I'm just saying, all born on that day with you and me. So there must be some magic somewhere in there that's true with the heights. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, Judd Hirsch. He's that same day. Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Yeah, there's all sorts of people on March. Yes. Yeah. We flipped it into being a good day. Yeah, I love that. The heights. That's what I'm going to say for now. When people say the heights of March, I'm saying, you mean the heights. Brett Michaels told me.
the heights of March. The heights of March. You've had such an amazing career. You, obviously, you blew up in the 80s with Poison, but then like everybody, you know, you had some setbacks. But then not only did you keep going with your music, you had a giant comeback with the TV show Rock of Love. How did Rock of Love come to be? You were one of the originators of the reality TV craze. This is so crazy how this came together. And it's a lot like Party Girl, right? Mm -hmm. So they're creating this idea with me. And I said, look, I go out on the road. Fortunately for Poison, we have managed to, through thick and thin, uh, stay in the arenas, stay in the amphitheaters, play music. And the same thing with me as a solo artist. I knew when I went out there as a solo artist, you got to be creative. You're going to start again, start back over again. No bitching or complaining and start back over in the venues, smaller venues, and build your way up. And hard work is how I got there. But when it happened with Rock of Love, what happens? They were wanted to create this crazy show. And this was before all of them started really hitting. And I said, look, I asked you one thing. My daughters laugh. I took in a piece of paper that they call it. They're like, Dad. You, you can't do that. Put it on your phone or your computer. I'm like, they're like, that's like a hillbilly hard drive. Yeah. You know what? That's what my kids called it, right? <laughs> right? I went in with a piece of paper. I go, I, I open it up. They're all staring at me. And I said, this is what we could do. How about we just make this fun? We laugh. We, I said, make this, let it be me. Just not, it just can't be my house. It could be the cars, the motorcycles, the, all the stuff, anything that we needed. But I said, let me, take them on crazy fun adventures to win the dates. Let's not just argue at a jacuzzi. Yeah. Like I couldn't do that. It's not my style. I'm like, I don't want to sit down and my acting, I need to know this. My acting uh, is less than reputable. Uh, I'm not going to put the Nero out of work anytime soon. (laughs) If you know what I mean? Well, he's not going to put you out of work either. I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Are you you ready for a good time? Yeah. Yeah. You talking to me? Yeah. You talking to me? You having a good time with me? (laughs) Yeah. It's time for your News on the Nines with News Guy. After pleading guilty to fraud, Real Housewives star Jen Shaw has been sentenced to six and a half years of watching The Real Housewives. Well, I plan to spend this evening watching SmackDown, or as it's also known, The Royal Family. Prince Harry claims that his brother Prince William physically attacked him during a fight. Harry was scared of being punched in the mouth because he's already lost one crown. And that's your news on the nines. Now back to Reinman in the morning. If you took my, if you took my, uh, my acting skills, I said they're less than even remotely reputable. So let's just make a reality. I'll pull up on my Harley, ask the girls, let's go party. Of course, adult beverages don't hurt to make for fun drama. Mm-hmm. And we just let it unleash. And it became it's now still their biggest, highest-rated show on their network. Yeah. We probably could have done 20 more seasons. I just wouldn't have survived. <laughs> well, yeah. That, that's how that, that's what you should have put as the last scene. Is like, I just, just got to bail out of this just for, <laughs> just for everybody. But, but speaking of which... make it. Well, you know what? You see, like the end of a movie, a famous final scene. Yeah. I'm not going to make it, Jimmy. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> There's too much love. Um, well, speak, too here, much love going on. Here, here's what I love, though. This is what I remembered, is that I recently saw you just a couple of years ago. <laughs> you were on The Masked Singer as a banana. Why a banana? I, I did... just want to tell you this. <laughs> Let me jump in right here. Okay. I love the show. Mm-hmm. I've watched this show all the time with my family. I'm like, 
all of a sudden I get the phone, the phone, literally the phone rings and then we'll get into party girl in a minute, but the phone rings yeah. and it, it is literally uh, all the producers and friends of mine from Fox doing the Masked Singer. They're like, they, they go, you need to come on here. I said, I know the colors I would like to be in. And I said, you know, we talked about ideas and I said, what if I'm just bandana banana? Mm. Right. And they were like, huh? Okay. <laughs> it seems like an odd costume and it was probably the most fun sweatiest I've ever been in my life. You really have to sing. Like there's no fake in the singing. Yeah. Like, oh, they, wow. you know, they track the music you want and you sing for real. So as I'm singing through that banana hole, huh. my eye hole was my mouth hole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. I'm just, I'm trying. Yeah, I didn't okay. know where I was walking. Like, if you ever go back and watch that show, I trip like about 40 <laughs> times. I, I couldn't see anything. I'm walking around. The microphone is through the banana mouth hole, uh. right? I'm going, that's where my eyes go, too. I can't see anything. It made it It made it made funny. But you even see my first night. I'm doing that Elvis song. Yep, yeah. I'm staggering around, and I'm literally tripping over the like the camera guy's cables. It was it was such a good time. I, I just like the visual of a banana slipping. Like, it's just like the tables have turned, <laughs> haven't hey, they, Mr. Peel? You're on to something here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to Party Grow. Where were we when I needed you for the publicity? <laughs> I needed all these. Hey, like, I'm I here. Need- I'm here. I'll be in here in New Hampshire. And speaking <laughs> of New Hampshire, you're bringing the Party Grow tour to the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion July 22nd. And boy, what an eclectic lineup. I mean, in addition to Jefferson Starship, and then you got Mark McGrath. And then uh, who else? You, you got so many people. I can't. We got, we got people from Journey. Yeah, we've got we've got Night Ranger. So let me tell you how this works. Yeah, so the fans know the real deal. Sure. I created this literally. I'm going to show you the drawing when we have a chance. I've got the drawings of the stage I built, the things so that the bands all have a bunch of stage room, the right lights, the right sound. I start out with these, my drawing is horrific, right? Mm-hmm. But I know what I want to do. So I pen this stuff out. Then I personally called every single one of the artists who are all friends. Oh. And I said, before we get into the agents and the managers and the this and that, I need to know as my friends, no egos, no attitudes, just a night of all killer hits, no filler. I want the fans to be hit with hit after hit after hit. When we have a so Starship starts off hit after hit after hit after hit big yep. energy big stage, we take a little break but that break ain't a break we're slamming music we're doing mashup music with you and the DJs and everyone playing we're doing the dress like Brett karaoke contest it's we whole bunch of stuff going on then Night Ranger plays a full set of hits. And then I hit that stage about nine or nine fifteen, and I'm just telling you now, I start out with the poison hits. Then we have Steve Ajeri from Journey. I go, I want to do one of my favorite Journey songs. Why don't I let the real singer do it? Oh, nice. Throw the mic back. He grabs it. He starts singing Journey songs. Then all of a sudden, Mark McGrath's out. Then he throws the mic back to me. More poison hits. It goes round robin like that until awesome. the end of the night when Starship joins us and Night Ranger. And it's the way music should have been. No egos, no attitudes, just a bunch of bands, fans celebrating the music. And this is a philosophical one, so bear with me here. Is a rose is a rose without a thorn even a rose? To me, a rose without a thorn is not the truest form of a rose because life is about the journey of both roses and thorns. 
that is my philosophical answer. You've got to have the best of both to really build the character as to who we will be. I got so nervous towards the end there when his phone was cutting out. It was like he was giving me the key to life. And I'm like, please, please hang on. Thank you to the satellite gods. And thank you to Brett Michaels. My guest today is the drummer for one of my favorite bands of all time. They'll be at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion on July 8th with their last Summer on Earth tour. Please welcome to Reinman in the Morning from Bare Naked Ladies, Tyler Stewart. Tyler, how's it going? Uh, it's going great, man. Thank you very much for having me on this morning. Yeah, I'm so happy. And before we talk music, though, I just have to say, like, man, what's going on with those Florida Panthers, huh? First they come, they beat up on our Bruins. Now they're picking on your Maple Leafs. Are we going to have a team in Florida with the Stanley Cup? That's not right. Uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I think it's some conspiracy on behalf of the NHL that yeah. they want uh, these Sunbelt teams to uh, to thrive because the, ref, the refs, first of all, have put their whistles away. So the, the Panthers are concussing our guys, throwing them to the ice, interfering, slashing, hacking, everything, and not getting called for it. And, uh, you know, that's a typical, people always say, typical Leafs fan, I always complain about the refs, but it is terrible how there's actually, you know, two rule books. One playoff rule book where they don't call Jack S-word, mm-hmm. they don't call anything. And, uh, you know, the regular season where it's penalties galore. Um, I will give the Panthers credit for having a, uh, you know, a opportunistic system you make one mistake and it ends up in the back of your net sure um but i'll tell you that you know if they manage to pull off four straight against us after eliminating the uh you know record-setting all-time ruins yeah uh then you know i I guess they have to be taken pretty seriously yeah that's off um Bare Naked Ladies, you're bringing your seventh last summer on earth tour to the bank of new hampshire pavilion this july I saw a video you made on Instagram. You called it not just the best venue. You called it the only venue. Why do you love Guilford, New Hampshire so much? <laughs> well, that is a, that's a good question. Now, first of all, um, you know, it's, it's in a nice location on, you know, Lakeside. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. But honestly, they pull out all the stops there. They, they have the best catering in America. Uh, backstage, they... They feed you like like you're a king. Um, they put a pool in. Uh, mm. There's a mini golf course. Oh. There's all kinds of bicycles to ride. There's a fire pit. There's basketball courts. And it's the best day ever before the show. Usually there's a massage therapist there. It's like you are so relaxed and ready to rock that the shows tend to, tend to be rather joyous occasions. So uh, we Be- love the pavilion, man. We love it. They got to be careful, man, because sooner or later there's going to be a band that just does like 15 minutes to just go hang out backstage. <laughs> That's the time we're going to do two songs and then go bank, hang, ride some bikes around out back. Um, exactly, exactly. Go sit by the pool with a couple of martinis or something. Yeah. yeah, totally. We we love you here in New England. We're coming up on a big anniversary. 25 years ago, you guys released Stunt, and 80,000 people showed up to greet you. 80,000 people. Showed up to you at City Hall Plaza in Boston on release day. I mean, when did you first realize this album release party was going to be like an epic historic event here in New England? Oh my God! Like I'll, that that day, you know, July and uh, back in nineteen ninety eight, that was absolutely incredible because we had been in New York that morning 
doing Carson Daly, the Daily Show, or whatever, not not the Daily Show, but Carson Daly on Total Request Live on MTV. Mm-hmm. Remember MTV Kids? They used to show music videos. They almost had to anyway, the other um, night because of the writer's strike. They almost they almost said, oh, my God, we're going to have to play music <laughs> instead of a TV show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord have mercy. But yeah. The, uh, you know, we were we were rolling in that morning from New York City, and uh, it was absolutely incredible. Like, there's this traffic jam, you know? Mm-hmm. I had taken a nap on the bus, and then I got up. I was like, oh, there must be, like, a Red Sox game or something going on down here, or there must be, you know, some sort of construction. Maybe that was the days of the big dig. Maybe we thought we were being diverted somewhere or mm-hmm. something. Um, but no, turns out the traffic, lo and behold, was for us. People coming to City Hall to see our little band. Now, what started as an in-store at Newbury Comics moved to outside Newbury Comics to, uh, you know, they're going to erect a stage maybe in, in, in Boston Common to uh, us, the mayor saying, oh, you can play at City Hall. And friggin' 80,000 people show up. I, 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 we can't, there's, I have a picture of that mounted in my office. There's people in the parking garages behind City Hall Plaza. There's people in trees. Yeah. It, it was insane, man. It was it was one of the greatest days of my life. It was really, really cool. Well, I mean, you guys had been, like, touring for going around for, like, a decade. You made it big up in Canada. You'd been trying to break in here. Uh, Conan O'Brien, another New England guy, had you on his show a bunch of times. And just what did it feel like when you finally you look out and it's bare naked mania like you're like oh my god we're here did it hit you right then or was it like we have a, we have a show to play right now well and not only that we we were like playing kind of in a small acoustic setup yeah you know we didn't have our full gear we're all wearing shorts and just like regular <laughs> guy clothes sure but it was nuts it was crazy and then we ended up signing autographs till it got dark i think the gig was like somewhere around noon or one, and uh, we ended up staying till late in the evening signing autographs at a table. And I just, it was just, uh, I, I couldn't really explain it. It was just so exciting. Boston has always been, and New England in general, has always been like bare naked country, you know, like yeah. we've already, we've always, always done well in, in the surrounding area. And uh, we couldn't be more, more grateful and thankful to the, to the fine people of New England for, uh, you know, really, pushing us over the top well let me ask you about that because new england you know globally i should say like kind of has a reputation you know for being a little grumpy a little crusty why do you think we fell in love with the the excitement and the fun of bare naked ladies i think you know it had something to do with our approachability perhaps you know we seem like regular guys that you might want to hang out with um and that, that, that was the way it was on stage. You know, it, it wasn't like we were performing down to the audience. Like, hey, look at these gods up here. It was more like, hey, we're all hanging out together, happen to be playing music, singing about ridiculous things, and, uh, you know, having a great time together. So I think there was that, that appeal, you know. Plus, I think at that time, you know, the sheer number of colleges and universities in, in, in Boston and in New England in general – I think we just hit the demographic perfectly. And, uh, you know, we had young people totally into the band. And the great thing is, is a lot of them have stuck with us over the years. So they, they're bringing their kids now right. to the show. That's who I am. And, I mean, uh, I, I have to just say on a personal note, I mean, it was so great rediscovering you guys. Because, uh, you know, I was one of those stubborn, you know, 
uh, hurt feeling people, you know, back, uh, you know, 2009, whatever, on both sides. I just said, this just hurts too much. I just can't. And then uh, I have a six year old. Oh, yeah. I have a six year old daughter, and uh, she listened first to your children's album. And then she got into Detour to Force, and that's like her favorite album of all this. That and Thriller are her two favorite albums. And wow. she, she loves you guys. And when we, I took her last summer to see you guys, it became the Sadie dance part. People were looking at her because she knew all the words to roll out and good life and everything like that. And that's when I got it, where I was like, oh, like I get to ref- I get to fall in love with these guys again through a different set of eyes, which I think is so cool. And uh, I thought that album, one of the best you guys have ever made. It was just perfect. So well done. That's a great story, man. I I love, I'm going to tell the guys that one. I I think that's really cool because, you know, I I mean, obviously we pride ourselves on, you know, doing a good live show. And ultimately, you know, we want people to come out to the show, have a great time, and know that their, you know, hard-earned dollars are spent on a quality entertainment experience. So we're very happy to have, you know, bring families together and bridge the gap. And I'm also glad that you got, that you gave us another chance. You know, we've it's been a long time. We've been a four-piece for, you know, 12 years now. Yeah. years. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we've put out like, you know, we've put out six albums in that time. But I understand, you know, people have a vision of Bare Naked Ladies as the five piece from the, from the original, you know, the OG ladies. Sure. But, um, at, at the same time, you know, the guys who are still here, um, you know, there's more room for each of us on stage and we all get a chance to shine a lot more. So the show I think is, uh, is still incredibly, if not more satisfying for people. Oh, totally. And by the way, like I got to say last year, you know, I gave it some time away, and I when I saw last year, I said, "Oh, they got it." I said, "This is this is a bare naked lady show." Like it was start to finish, funny, fun, so much energy. You know, people go they hear one week, they hear the old apartment, million dollars, pinch me. But a cool thing you guys do at the end of every show, you do a medley of songs, and then it ends with the Tyler show. Can you give us some spoilers? <laughs> what can we expect to hear in the Tyler show this summer? Well. It's funny that it's it's called the Tyler Show. I I mean, you must have seen a, a set list of ours because yep. uh, that's what we that's what they uh, the guys started printing that at the end. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. What's funny about that is it, it it got its name. You know, when I come out from behind the drum kit and kind of surprise some people with you know my rather rock and roll vocals, um, we did a tour with uh, the Violent Femmes, mm-hmm. and uh, we love those guys and. The bass player Brian Brian Ritchie, his wife Veruni, actually co- coined the name the Tyler Show. Ah. He said uh, he said even even when we're you know even when the band was done and they were chilling backstage or having dinner or whatever, she said I always try to make it out front for the Tyler Show. And the there guys laughed right, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then so then it started to be listed on the set list as the Tyler Show. Hilarious. I got anyway, Let me just uh, give you one suggestion for the Tyler show. Uh, a song I heard. Okay, that, absolutely. Somebody's watching me. Rockwell. I heard that and I said, "Man, that is such a Tyler song." I said, "You could sell the <laughs> hell out of that." Anything that gets you closer to a moonwalk on stage. But I, I the whole narrative of that was like, "Oh, Tyler, Tyler can nail this one." Um, the last summer uh, on that's, Earth. That's funny. The last summer on Earth tour always has such great artists. Uh, who's joining you this year? Uh, well, uh, 
what is the actual date of the Boston show? Well, we have the uh, we have uh, you're in New Hampshire on the eighth of July, and then I think you're in Boston on the the ninth of July. Yeah, that's right. So we're Bank of Bank of New Hampshire, July eighth. I'm going to say that on that leg of the tour, we've got five for fighting and Delamitri. That sounds about right. Um, yeah, and so which is great because we've toured with uh, both of those bands before back in the day, um, and. Uh, you know that's that's going to be a lot of hit songs that you heard on the radio in the '90s, yep. you heard on the radio in the 2000s, and you're hearing on the radio still today. And uh, so that's you know that's awesome when it, when when the crowd can come and get a whole evening full of familiar music and a great show. So we're yep. looking forward to, uh, to to the summer. Now I have two questions left because I know you have to go. One's kind of a tricky question, but I'll get beat up by my friends from college if I don't ask it. The other one's a nice question. I'll get beat up by my daughter if I don't ask it. You go. You have these great support acts every year. You go out and you do the, the Last Summer on Earth tour. And a couple weeks back, uh, because he was in the area, a guy you know, Steve Page, called into the show. And he had really nice things to yes. say. He said nice things to say about all of you, and I was really delighted to hear that he and Ed have been talking. I mean, that made my heart warm. Is there a world that somewhere down the road, one of the acts on the last summer on earth tour could be Stephen page. And then you do three or four songs to kind of shut up the romantics that can't get over the past, you know? Um, I would say that the chances of that are pretty slim, but on, on, on the other hand, you know, never say never. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, we're very happy, uh, for Stephen and, the fact that he's got his own career going, he continues to make music, it's all great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately, um, you know, both parties are where we should be. We're, yes. we're kind of, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the divorce, you know, where like both people are happier afterwards. And, yeah. you know, uh, that's, that's kind of the situation we're in. And we, we obviously, you know, it's been a lot of years now. It's been like, 13 years. Well, so, I, I looked at know. it to a friend who is still kind of, and I just looked at it and I, they said, oh, they're both making such great music. And I said, yeah, but you know, things had to happen to make that great music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah, yeah, it didn't come out of thin air and it's like, who knows? So um, the, then the last question and the, the easy one, this comes from Sadie, age six, whose first concert okay. was seeing you guys in Guilford last summer, whose next concert is seeing you guys in Guilford this summer. Sadie wants to know, and I'm quoting her, can I be friends with bare naked ladies? Can Sadie tell people she's <laughs> friends with bare naked ladies, Tyler? <laughs> I, I say absolutely. You know, both the band and, you know, when she's a little older. <laughs> <the real> one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. For all things Bare Naked Ladies, visit BareNakedLadies.com or just walk up to Reinman and start a conversation. Thanks for listening to Reinman in the Morning On Demand.